up this morning. I watched you, and I hope that you would talk to me, even if it was just a few words, um, asking my opinions or thanking me for something good that happened in your life yesterday. But I noticed you were too busy trying to find the right outfit to put on and where to work. I waited again. When you ran around the house getting ready, I knew there would be a few minutes for you to stop and say hello, but you were too busy. At one point, I had to wait 15 minutes. You had to wait 15 minutes with nothing to do except sit in a chair. Then I saw you spring to your feet. I thought you wanted to talk to me, but you ran to the phone and called a friend to get the latest gossip. I watched as you went to work, and I waited patiently all day long. With all your activities, I guess you were too busy to say anything to me. I noticed that before lunch you looked around. Maybe you felt embarrassed to talk to me. That is why you didn't bow your head. You glanced three or four tables over and you noticed some of your friends talking to me briefly before they ate. But you didn't. That's okay. There's still more time left. And I have hope that you will talk to me. And yet you went home and it seems as if you had lots of things to do. After a few of them were done, you turned on your TV. I don't know if you like TV or not, just about anything goes there, and you spend a lot of time each day in front of it, not thinking about anything, just enjoying the program. I waited patiently again as you watched the TV and at your meal, but again you didn't talk to me. Bedtime, I guess, you felt too tired. After you said goodnight to your family, you flopped into bed and fell asleep in no time. That's okay, because you may not realize I'm always there for you. I've got patience more than you will ever know. I even want to teach you how to be patient with others as well. I love you so much that I will wait every day for a nod, prayer, or thought, or a thankful part of your heart. It's hard to have a one-sided conversation. Well, you're getting up again, and once again I'll wait with nothing but love for you hoping that today you will give me some time. Well, we've seen our goals for 2017 on these cards, and we've seen our verse for the year, and that we're focusing uh, just simply as one of our top goals on uh, praying. And so uh, we've seen the three goals there, making Sunday best, learning to be a praying people, making the church all great again. And this morning we're just focusing on on uh, this Lord teach us to pray from Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 let's pray now and ask God that he would help us uh, to understand more of just this one verse for we pray that you would teach us from your word and just this little thing that happened with Jesus and his disciples there's much to learn and we pray you teach us new truth today for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, there are four things I want to point out from that verse uh, about praying. The first one, it's what Jesus did. Second, it's important. Third, it's what disciples do. And fourth, it's a weakness for us all. And uh, and we're looking just at verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. 
Now, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, what are we talking about? What is prayer? What do we mean by prayer? Well, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, very good on, uh, uh, on New Year's Day, uh, said this, or says this, Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God for things agreeable to his will, in the name of Christ, with confession of our sins, and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God for things agreeable to his will, in the name of Christ, with confession of our sins, and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Now, certainly from that definition, and from Luke 11 here, and uh, if you went on beyond our verse into verses 2, 3, and 4, we have the Lord's Prayer there, there's a real emphasis here on prayer being us speaking to God. Um, I've got a book here that I was given in, um, actually on my birthday in 1977, um, uh, and it's called Prayer Conversing with God. It's got a 1977 front cover. It's, it's uh, horrible. Anyway, but uh, the, the book's pretty good, actually, apart from the title, because that gives you the impression that it's two-way, that it's an equal thing, that it's us speaking to God and us speaking to and, uh, and God speaking to us. It's a conversation. But actually, the normal New Testament understanding of prayer is as much more about us speaking to God than about God speaking to us. The New Testament normally sees prayer as us speaking to God. God speaks to us normally through his word. We can expect him to speak to us through his word, the Bible. But when the New Testament talks about praying, it is saying that normally it is about us speaking to God, us addressing God in in a number of various ways. Um, uh, That's normal prayer. So the expectation when we come to pray is that we will be speaking to God, and the expectation is when we come to the Bible, and we're doing that now in the sermon, is that God would speak to us. That should be our expectation. Not to say that God can't speak in other ways to us, not to say that God can't speak to us as we pray, of course he can. He's God. Why can't he? No reason. But actually the normal New Testament revelation is that praying is, is us speaking to God. And with that introduction, let's look at the first point. Prayer is what Jesus did. Okay? It's what Jesus did. Jesus prayed. Fact. Simple, straightforward fact. Um, although we know he was the Son of God, he prayed. The self-emptied Son of God prayed because he was uh, uh, part of that perfect trinitarian godhead where there's perfect love and perfect communication so of course he would speak with his heavenly father of course he would and i imagine that jesus also prayed on earth in view of other people as an example and as an encouragement to us to say you know i prayed So that we could be saying this morning, we know that Jesus prayed as an encouragement to us. And if Jesus prayed, we want to say, well, of course, we would want to pray as well as his followers. Uh, If Jesus felt the need to pray, how much is our need? So we've summarized on the bottom of these cards here, let's worship, let's pray, let's build. One thing we want to say this morning is just simply this, let's pray. And of course, it wasn't just here that Jesus prayed. One verse which has always uh, encouraged me, for instance, is is in the beginning of Mark's Gospel, 135. And it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, 
I'm a morning person, so I like this verse, okay? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. For Jesus, praying was important enough that he would get up early, while it was still dark, he'd leave the house, he'd go out somewhere on his own to a solitary place, and he would pray. That's what he did. And that's got to be a great encouragement and a challenge for us to follow his example. You may not be a morning person. For you, it may be far easier for you to have your significant times of prayer late into the night and so on. For me, certainly, I need to do it in the morning. I get up and I pray. That's what it's about for me. Okay? That's got to be an encouragement and a challenge to us. Years ago, when I was at university, one of my Christian friends, a guy called Derek, and, uh, uh, and he uh, shared with the, uh, the group of Christians there one day that he had asked the Lord to help him to go up an hour earlier every day to pray and that he wouldn't be absolutely exhausted for his entire life because he had done that. And he said that I've managed to get up earlier in order to pray and to read my Bible uh, and I can be honest with you and say I don't feel any more tired because I'm doing that. He followed Jesus' example. And I love Jesus' example from the Garden of Gethsemane, praying the night before he died. But specifically, I love this. Mark 14, 39 says that, says that Jesus prayed the same thing. And uh, in Matthew, the account, Matthew 26, 44, it says, as Jesus prayed, he was praying, saying the same thing. Or if you've got the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, saying the same words again. That's really good, isn't it? Saying the same words again. So we don't have to kind of uh, be creative all, all the time as we're praying. Jesus used the same words. He prayed for the same stuff over and again. And we can use the same words again. We can, if you're praying with other people, you can pray about what they've just prayed about. You could even pray the same prayer that they've prayed. It's okay. Your prayers don't have to be a masterpiece. They never are. Mine certainly never are. Just be you, and you can repeat yourself, just like Jesus. It's what Jesus did. Well, that's a great principle. Jesus got up in the morning, and he went and prayed. And when he prayed in that extreme situation the night before he died, he was uh, saying the same stuff. He was repeating uh, that same prayer to his heavenly Father. I just got a question. Uh, For praying... You know, for your own prayers, for yourself, what's the best time for you to have your significant time of prayer? Do you know when it is? What are you going to do to make sure you can manage that? And then what's the best place for you? What's the best place for you? Where's the best place for you to go? Where you'll be uninterrupted, where you can pray, and where you can focus on this fundamentally important thing for Christian people. That's the first thing. It's what Jesus did. Second thing for us to see this morning uh, uh, about prayer is to say this. It's what Jesus did. Oops, and it's important. We'll go back to that third one in a minute. It's important. It's important. Jesus did it because it was important. Did you notice in that first verse there, the disciples wouldn't interrupt Jesus when he prayed? You see that? One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. 
Um, maybe they had tried to interrupt Jesus before as he was, as he was praying. We don't know. Maybe not. Um, and uh, he had asked them not to interrupt him as he was praying. But what interrupts your prayers? Is it your phone? Your plans for the day? Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, your butterfly mind, your children. I had a friend that when he prayed in the morning, he had a notebook there, and when something came into his mind which was distracting him, he'd write it down so he could get back to his praying. I think that's a good idea. What interrupts your prayers? What can you do to stop that? If it's your phone, put it in another room. Leave it in the car overnight. Don't know how you charge it. Anyway, you can work out a way. You can work out a way. Uh, For me, I get distracted by looking at news on a a laptop or an iPad or something like that. Um, I need to leave that in a different room. Well, when you look at the situation, it looks like Jesus uh, uh, was praying. He didn't want to be interrupted. But it looks like the disciples weren't praying, doesn't it? That seems to me what's going on. Jesus praying. They can see it. But they're not. I wonder what they were doing. We don't know. Maybe they were having a chat. Perhaps they were doing the cooking. Perhaps they were getting ready for the day. Why weren't they praying? It's just saying Jesus saw prayer as really important. The disciples knew that Jesus saw prayer as being really important. Which makes me wonder just how important prayer is for us. Now, if you you marked yourself out of ten, what would it be? And you can't give yourself a seven, okay? Because seven says, well, it's not too bad, but it's not too good. So um, most of us would give ourselves a seven, wouldn't we? So you can't give yourself a seven out of ten. What would you give for how important prayer is for you? And what would other people give? So if they said, Phil Moon, how, how, um, how important do you think prayer is for him? I wonder what you'd give me in terms of what you think prayer, how important you think I think prayer is, if you see what I mean. You see, I think not one of us realizes just how important this is. Not one of us. Lord, open our eyes, we pray, and help us to see. A friend of mine who's uh, now a vicar in Bexhill, uh, when he was going off to be uh, a missionary, um, before coming back to England, he asked that we should pray that he would pray. Wouldn't that be a great prayer for this year, for our friends? Wouldn't that be the best thing you can pray for me this year? Pray that I pray. And I would pray that you would pray. What a great prayer request. So, uh, uh, so 27 for BH. Let's pray that we would pray. 2017 for Goldstone. 2017 for Holy Cross. Let's pray that we would pray. It's what Jesus did. It's important. The third thing, it's, uh, it's what disciples do. It's what disciples do. Anna and I became Christians through a youth group at Christ Church Beckenham in South London. And uh, one of the things that really struck us both, perhaps particularly Anna, when uh, we were in that kind of process of becoming Christians, was that the young people, after the evening service and before going off to someone's house to uh, have coffee and wreck it, um, but we would, the youth group would, would get together. And they would pray. And one of the things that really struck us was it was very obvious that as they prayed, they really believed they were praying to someone. And they really believed that their prayers would make a difference. Praying is what disciples do. And do you notice here it says, Lord, teach us to pray. It's in the plural. 
Teach us. Lord, teach us as a church, as three churches, to pray. Lord, teach us as a small group to pray. Lord, teach us in Rooted to pray. Lord, teach us in KO to pray. Lord, teach us in Women's Fellowship to pray. Lord, teach us in our 8 o'clock service to pray, and so on. Lord, teach us to pray. Help us to learn together to pray. It's a corporate thing. None of us are any good at it. Teach us, Lord, to pray. This is more important than our awkwardness and our embarrassment over it. Yes, of course it's awkward and embarrassing when you're learn, learning something new. Little children are brilliant, aren't they? They have no awkwardness or embarrassment about learning new stuff because they know they don't, don't know very much. But as we get older, we don't like to be shown that we don't know stuff. It's just a pride thing, isn't it? Really. And I think very often it's our pride stops us from praying. It certainly stops us from praying with other people. We need to pray. It's what disciples do. And we need to learn to pray and to learn to pray together. Look, we've got these cards here. They're, very often these go, in, um, uh, go off on the wall, on the fridge, on the cupboard door or whatever. Uh, so that's great. So to put that and uh, stick them on the door for the year. The problem with that is you don't see the other side. So take two, okay? Stick one around that way and stick one around the other way, okay? I'm sure there'll be plenty. If we run out, we'll make some more. But praying, it's what disciples do, and we learn together. It's what disciples do together, and it's how disciples learn together to pray. That's what we're going to be doing this year. We're going to be learning to, together to pray. In uh, every Sunday morning, the first Sunday of the month here at BH, we're going to be learning about praying. It's going to be, uh, actually for all our services, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 6.30, we're going to be focusing our teaching on praying. We're going to have a Lent course, which is a school of prayer, to help us to learn to pray here at BH. And we're going to do it together, because praying and learning about praying is what disciples do. So prayer is what Jesus did. It's important. It's what disciples do. And then the final thing here, it's a weakness for us all. It's a weakness for us all. Let's admit it. Uh, prayer is a weakness. The disciples say, they were asking Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus is Lord of prayer. He's the one we go to to ask us uh, to find out more about praying. Lord, teach us to pray. We don't know how. You do know how. Please teach us to pray. And um, none of us are experts. We've all got uh, our L plates on. This year, we'll have our L plates on. Jesus goes on and he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. Luke, it's introduced here. He said to them, when you pray, say. So that's clearly a prayer that you say together, isn't it? He say you, plural, when you pray, say this together. So as God's people, we want to say the Lord's Prayer together. That's what we do as God's people. One of the things we should be doing. In Matthew's Gospel, it's introduced slightly differently. At the beginning of it, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. So in other words, it's a pattern for our prayers. So for our, our services this year in the morning, we're going to be looking at this as a pattern, the first Sunday of the month, as a pattern for our prayers. Because, uh, because that's what the Lord's Prayer is. It is something we pray together. It is something that we uh, want to have as, um, uh, as a pattern for our prayers. But why don't we pray? 
Why don't we pray very much? Why don't we struggle with it? Well, there are loads of possible reasons, aren't there? I've got uh, um, just three here. First, it could be you're not a Christian. Uh, If you're not a Christian, there's no particular reason to pray. And if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, actually, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to tell anyone, but, uh, you know, I've really got no desire to pray at all. And if that's the case, I want to say, well, that might be because you're not yet a believer. And I also want to say, if that is the case, this is a great place to be. Because you have the opportunity of being here Sunday by Sunday, of finding out more about what it means to be a Christian. But also, uh, we have these courses. We've got uh, uh, several of them starting up in January and early February called Life Explored. And if you want to find out more about what it means to be a Christian, there'll be similar things at Goldstone and the Holy Cross. Uh, Then you'll be able to find out more uh, about what it means to be a believer. Uh, So that's the first possibility. Another reason why uh, it's a weakness, why we find it difficult, why we don't spend uh, much time praying perhaps, is that um, there's no time. We say life's too busy uh, and it's getting worse. You know, southern, uh, still, still this industrial action and so on. Actually, I want to say, have you been praying about the southern industrial action? Is that regularly part of your prayers? We complain about it, but have you prayed about it? I was really challenged about it two or three weeks ago. It's got to be part of our prayers, all this business. It's actually really quite serious for folks. People are saying, you know, that they won't, they won't appoint people who live in Brighton to jobs in London. And people are losing their jobs over it. Are we praying about this southern industrial action? We certainly should be. Um, but, you know, are we... Do we have the time? Martin Luther said, I'm far too busy to spend less than four hours a day in prayer. Yes, that's right. He said, I'm far too busy to spend less than four hours a day in prayer. Isn't that rather challenging? Busy people need to pray more and not less. And in some people, uh, we we find it difficult and we don't pray uh, hugely because... We say, well, I don't, to be honest, I don't think it's that important. Well, I hope that, and I pray that this year, we would all grow to see prayer as hugely important. That we'll climb up our priorities list. Not because we're feeling guilty about our prayer life, but simply because we want to grow. We want to grow as disciples. Because it's what disciples do. And something that we want to... Uh, Uh, to learn more about. That's why we've got this Lent course as a school of prayer here at BH. Um, That'll be working through in our small groups as well. That's why we're going to be learning first Sunday of each month about praying. Uh, It is a weakness. We'd love to grow stronger in 2017. And as it says on our cards here, learning to be a praying people, helping one another become a people who love praying. Wouldn't it be brilliant if on December the 31st this year we could all look to one or two other people who have helped us in our praying and we could all say, actually, I love praying more now as in 364 days' time than I did on January the 1st, 2017. 
Wouldn't that be wonderful? Let's pray that we would pray. Whether it's here, or Holy Cross, or at Goldstone. Let's pray now. Our Father, we simply want to echo uh, the disciples as they came to you and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, please, in 2017, teach us to pray. For Jesus' sake. Amen.